Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Genesis. We are ready to read chapter 9. Now last time we read chapter 8. Chapter 8 was all about the flood abating. And then at the end of chapter 8, God basically has made a covenant with Noah, with us. And he says, the Lord smelled, now Noah was offering some sacrifices. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. And the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intent of man's heart is wicked from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So that is, now God's going to continue here, in chapter 9, again, sometimes the chapters don't break in the best places, okay? Because we're not done. That's the beginning of God's covenant, okay? That's the beginning of his promise, but that's not the end. So we're going to read here, Genesis chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and the terror of you shall be instinctive in every animal of the land, and in every bird of the air, and together with everything that moves on the ground, and with all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I give you everything as I gave you the green plants and vegetables. But you shall not eat meat along with its life, that is, its blood. For your lifeblood I will most certainly require an accounting. From every animal that kills a person, I will require it, and from man, from every man's brother, that is, anyone who murders, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood unlawfully, by man, judicial government, shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God he made man. And as for you, no, I'm sorry, there is no and there, so let me say, say that again. As for you, be fruitful and multiply populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I am establishing my covenant, my covenant, binding agreement, solemn promise, with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and the wild animals of the earth along with you, of everything that comes out of the ark, every living creature of the earth, I will establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the water of a flood, nor shall there ever again be a flood to destroy and ruin the earth. See, this flood was worldwide. It did damage, it changed the earth forever. And God said, this is the token, visible symbol, memorial of the solemn covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations, I set my rainbow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring clouds over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the clouds and I will compassionately remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, 
and never again will the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the clouds and I look at it, I will solemnly remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This rainbow is the sign of the covenant, solemn pledge, binding agreement, which I have established between me and all living things on the earth. Notice how many times God is referring to every living creature. Now, we know that the other creatures, the other animals, we know that they are not made in the image of God. We know that we are special in that respect and that we have, we know that we have special abilities, we are much smarter, we, we know all these things. So, but don't take one, so don't take what I'm about to say like out of context or in a wildly weird way, okay? But God has a concern for all his creation and all these creatures. He cares about all these creatures, you know, just like we care about animals. We do. We, we have our pets, be it a dog, be it a cat. Well, for some people, lizards. I mean, whatever. But we have pets and animals that we care about. Just like some people have plants and flowers that they tend and they, they garden and they, they really, in a way, they love and care about those plants. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with any of that. God made us and placed us here kind of as caretakers like that. You know, we're, we're to be watching over things and, and being good stewards of what he's given us. And here he places, he places every animal. Just like he did the plants and the vegetables, he places every animal in our, under our authority, in our, let's see, let me see if I can say this right, uh, every living thing that moves that shall be, shall be food for you. Now here, there's no withholding any of that. There's no law at this point. The only thing he says is, you know, don't be, don't be, you know, eating or drinking the blood, you know, make sure you cook things and don't, don't be gross. And that's because there were certain diseases that came through and that come through blood and we know that. So, so he talks about, you know, he talks about these things and he talks about the animals and he mentions them along with us and, and letting us know that they are important to him as well. When we say we, you know, we, we love our pets and we care about our animals, maybe you uh, well, maybe it's even a business and you raise horses, but that doesn't mean you don't love them or cows that you don't care about them in ways you, you know, you, you care about them and you take care of them and you watch over them and the uh, same with sheep or anything else. But he mentions, it just dawned on me while we were reading this that he mentions the animals a lot. God does care and we should not be, <clears throat> what would I say? wasteful or cruel to animals you know we also know really from history that you know if you if you can be cruel to animals a lot of times you can be cruel to people so you don't want to you know you just don't want to start down that road at all but um <clears throat> but just notice that god does he cares about all the living inhabitants of the earth and here again if we go back he says he tells um, everything 
First, he says, knowing his sons, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So he's speaking that into into being. He's saying that's, you know, he's telling them to do it. He's ordering them to do it. But at the same time, he's speaking that into being just like he did earlier in uh, Genesis, in the creation. And now, <clears throat> just an aside, a quick aside, okay? Some people, I know some people, and I've, I've I've probably mentioned this before in one way or another. But another thing to think about, some people want to say that the original sin was sex, okay? Now, it wasn't, and I'll tell you one logical reason why we also know it wasn't, okay? It wasn't because God plainly tells us multiple times from creation to now, you know, up to Noah here at least, to be fruitful and multiply. The only way to do what God is telling us to do is to procreate, is to have sex. We can't be fruitful and multiply without that. So God would not make that a sin and then tell you to do it. That's not the way God works. That's never the way God works. So, And he wouldn't tell you to do it and then make it a sin to trick you. Again, that's not the way God works. He made every animal to procreate in some similar form like that. And <clears throat> it's not a sin. It's only a sin when we do these things out of order, inappropriately, not with the correct people, etc., etc., etc. You know, uh, when you do things incorrectly, then it can become a sin. We can do most anything in a way to make it a sin if we really try. So, um, <clears throat> pardon me. So nonetheless, um, that was just a quick aside. Uh, we know that the true sin that was committed was not believing God, was believing Satan, which basically calls God a liar, which is a sin because God doesn't lie. He, he, what he says happens, like be fruitful and multiply. And that's exactly what he does here. He says, hey, you know, I'm establishing my covenant with you. Now notice he is establishing his covenant with us and with every living creature, with all flesh. And it is an everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. So while this is a covenant with us that's greatly important, notice that he established this covenant with all flesh, all the creatures too. He cares about all of them as well. They're not his children like we are, but still, he cares about them. <clears throat> okay, so continuing on with verse 18. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. Ham would become the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and from these men the whole earth was populated and scattered with inhabitants. And Noah began to farm and cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk, and he was uncovered and lay exposed inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, Canaan, I'm sorry, sometimes I want to overpronounce that, saw by accident the nakedness of his father, and, okay, and, and they have in brackets to his father's shame, and to his father's shame told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took a robe and put it 
on both their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, you know, from the drunkenness, he knew what his younger son Ham had done to him. So he said, Cursed be Canaan, the son of Ham. A servant of servants he shall be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge the land of Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Noah lived three hundred and fifty years after the flood. So all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. So here, <clears throat> this is a different type of lesson here. Here Ham just accidentally, I mean, and we're not, we don't know the exact um, circumstances of the accident, but maybe he just accidentally went into the tent to speak to his father or something. And, you know, he saw his father's condition rather than maybe cover him and maybe, you know, um, keep it to himself. Instead, he went out and he told his brothers. Now, I, it doesn't say exactly how he told them, but it just sounds like maybe he, he went out and told them in a, in a bad way, in a... Um, disrespectful way, whether it be making fun of or whether it just be um, in some other disrespectful way. And they, you know, they wanted to honor their father. They wanted to cover him and they didn't want to, you know, you know, to see your nakedness since since man had been put out, put out of the garden. That was, you know, that would be an embarrassment. That would be an embarrassing thing. That's why people wear clothes as we don't want to walk around naked out in public you know and uh, people by and large most people understand that I know there are a few people who I guess occasionally like to pretend that it would be perfectly fine to be outside with no clothes on all the time um, to some degree I understand I mean we are made the way we're made God made us this way and uh, there's nothing wrong with our bodies per se. There is, there isn't, truthfully. But for us as a society, it is not acceptable for us to run around naked in public all the time, you know. So, so here, following though a respectful course, the two brothers, they cover their father without looking and without, you know, uh, seeing his nakedness. So it shows a, a level of respect and care. And so Noah, however he knew after he, you know, after he woke up, um, however he knew, you know, then he blessed the other sons above Ham. And Canaan was the son of Ham. So he talked about that. So he, he did not bless Canaan and said he basically made Canaan the servant to the other to the other brothers to the other sons so um, now there is also another thing to think about here Noah Noah embarrassed himself 
Now, I'm not trying to be mean to Noah. We like Noah. Noah is in good standing with God. But we're all human. We all make mistakes. And obviously, he drank too much. Noah, um, you know, he planted a vineyard and he drank some of the wine and became drunk. Now, maybe he didn't mean to drink that much, but nonetheless, he set up these circumstances. And, and he should have taken some of that responsibility because you don't just get drunk and pass out, you know, naked. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this doesn't make... It doesn't make perfect sense. Uh, yeah, Ham does have to take some responsibility in that he was disrespectful. But Noah, too, has to take some responsibility for setting this so that it could, ha you know, it was his fault that it could even happen. If I get drunk and pass out naked in my room, but somebody in the house needs to come in that room for something and they see me, well, that's whose fault is that? That's that's at least partly my fault, right? I mean, I shouldn't be getting drunk and passing out naked and all that, you know. I mean, uh, really, I just shouldn't be getting drunk. It's one thing to have a little of anything, you know, all things in moderation. We would we would say always be, you know, have everything in moderation, uh, be temperate in what we do, so that we're not getting drunk and making mistakes like that. So. So this was, I mean, and this was, I guess, relatively soon, um, but we don't know exactly how much time had passed after the flood when this occurred. We do know that Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So in the end, he lived 950 years. So he was about 600 years old when the flood occurred. So that's 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 a lot. That's pretty old. Now, mind you, um, things changed. We don't live that to be that age anymore. Um, so, and that's just that's just the way of things. Things change as we we're going to read through the rest of Genesis, the Lord willing, and we will we will come to understand how things change. Hopefully, all right. Okay. So that has been Genesis chapter nine. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day, and remember, God loves you.